Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingston. that I've entitled, Getting to Know Your Neighbors. This series is very near and dear to my heart because it focuses on the controversy within the community that I live in and, I think, reveals steps on how to reconcile differences. My hope is that this series will encourage us to be more open-minded about getting to know the neighbors that we are called to love. This story focuses on a controversial yet constitutionally protected matter, freedom of speech. It's not every day that the national headline stories are taking place in your own backyard, and much of what is discussed echoes collective fears about the erosion of rights. Listeners, I know this may seem out of the ordinary. I am bringing to light a story from a very small community that might not even impact you, or it may. And when we talk about what's ordinary, do we even know what that means anymore? So, stepping outside of what is considered normal, I have decided that I was going to get to know my own neighbors. Now, granted, I live three miles from town, and I'm technically not even within city limits, but these are the people that are responsible for helping make sure that the community still maintains its cycle, and so that I can patronize my community and intermingle with it and grow with it and be a part of it. So, although it seems redundant. Nothing is normal anymore. And so I'm going to bucket normal and do something different and explore how very fundamental our local community is and how it impacts us significantly. I do believe that you'll see reflections of this conflict in your own life and maybe that it will help you find a new way at resolving the little mini crisis that seem to pop up in our lives. What I've come to understand this past year is that everything is related everything's kind of like a circle. Cycles continue to present themselves until we can reconcile them. So everything is connected in this circle of life. The groans and the challenges at the personal level of the self in the home often mirror those of collective conflicts. Pursuing reconciliation benefits both ourselves as well as our community. And I believe this story, as it continues to unfold, will show you just that. Getting to Know Your Neighbor is a series that matters to me because it helps me fully appreciate the importance of the greatest minority, the individual. It helps me better understand the motives behind the founder's articulation of individual rights, and it also helps me better to see just how uniquely important the individual perspective truly is. In turn, this realization helps me better interact with individuals. It helps me see the human and the divine within another person. And I know that I can only come to know this by sharing space with another and listening to their story, learning about where they are coming from, and folding their experience into my own so that I have more tools in my toolbox to navigate and interact with other individuals on my journey through life. 
Knowing is a tool. Knowing that there are more than just two views is profound. And it isn't that there is just a right way and a wrong way to see things. I believe this series reveals a new approach to conflict resolution, maybe even an erotic approach. Social discourse leads us toward right and wrong answers only, while using the old way of doing things, or rather, the way things have always been done. I think, with a more erotic approach, we can let go of the simplistic ways in which we allow categories and social identities to reduce people to fit snugly into a box. Eroticism sees the individual, the other, in all of its glory and dignity and value. And what eroticism does is it aims to strip down the layers and the labels to get to the naked individual who has real fears and real emotions about the way the world around her or him is changing. I chase controversy, and people who know me know that this is a fact. But I don't chase controversy for the reasons most people do. It's not so that I can point at it, call it what it is, declare myself disassociated from it, act as though I'm better than it, or even exploit it. It's so that I can understand the human condition and see how what we deem as controversial can actually bring us together in our community by way of intimate connection. Ultimately, what has been deemed as controversy is really just a misunderstanding of who an individual is and what that individual is doing. Controversy isn't itself bad. It brings to light that which has been hidden. It exposes behind-the-scenes realities of people we don't always consider the socially accepted model of civilized society. Merriam-Webster defines controversy as a discussion marked especially by the expression of opposing views whereas Wikipedia offers a similar definition, a state of prolonged public dispute or debate, usually concerning a matter of conflicting opinion or point of view, Latin for controversia, as a composite of controversis, meaning turned in opposite direction. Benford's law of controversy, however, claims that, quote, the less factual information is available on a topic, the more controversy can arise around that topic, and the more facts are available, the less controversy can arise. Thus, for example, controversies in physics would be limited to subject areas where experiments cannot be carried out yet, whereas controversies would be inherent to politics, where communities must frequently decide on courses of action based on insufficient information, unquote. And that's from Wikipedia. The very decision to call this conflict controversial implies that A, there are opposing views, and B, less factual information is available on this topic. In order to rectify this controversy, or any controversy for that matter, social discourse dispenses recognition procedures which simplify and categorize problems so that the appropriate solutions may be dispersed. In fact, most discourse depends on cycling through tried-and-true approaches of yesteryear, The way things have always been done for the most part has worked. But what happens when the cosmos aligns, a new age breaks in, and the social structures as we know it start to shift? Don't we owe it to ourselves to try a new approach? One that refocuses attention and importance on the individual will and desire? Maybe an approach that gets to the heart of the human being? You know what I thought when I heard about this sign? Yes, absolutely. Someone ought to fuck Biden. Then he wouldn't be such a grump. And what I meant was, yes, loving Biden might help us see the logs in our own eyes. It's a twist I hope to unveil throughout this series. This is an erotic intercourse, and in the same vein as the message behind the fuck Biden sign, erotic intercourse fucks social discourse. 
More readily, erotic intercourse is the lovemaking version of what social discourse had hoped to blossom into. Erotic intercourse gets to the naked truth of those questions we ask. Who are you? And what are you doing? Although the stripping away doesn't necessitate the acceptance of that controversial position, it does reveal the needs and desires along with the fears and anxieties concerning that position. When we can see a human with needs and fears, we don't have to persecute her if we disagree with her actions. This isn't a twist on hate the sin, love the sinner. This takes hate and judgment out of the equation altogether. If we approach any conflict with hate in our hearts and judgment ready to project, we're never going to hear what the other person is saying. And the conversation will be a complete depletion of energy and time. Wasteful? Perhaps. But it won't be productive. And if it's not aimed at love, for me personally, it's just not worth my time. If we don't do all things in love, what's the point? In the first part of the series, we're going to start off with the Olivia City Council meeting minutes from the January 18th, 2021 meeting. It begins at the one hour, 21 minute mark of the meeting. This is item H on the agenda, and it pertains to an upcoming guest yard sign. I want you to listen to this section of the meeting with an open mind. There were so many things that stood out to me, but I will save my opinion for later in the series. For now, I want you, the listeners, to have the same information and hear the same exchanges that I did when I first started investigating the story. It's about 23 minutes long. Afterward, I will offer my initial thoughts things that stood out to me that I took notes on and that I had questions about. From there, we will embark on a series of interviews that I conducted with city council members, city officials, the sign owner, and others who wanted to speak to the controversy creating conflict within our community. If you want to be a part of the conversation, I encourage you to reach out to me. You can email me at danielle.kingstrom at live.com or you can find me on social media Facebook, Danielle Kingstrom, Twitter and Instagram, at dkingstrom. I'm also on LinkedIn under Danielle Kingstrom. For now, the questions I shall pose will require reflection, and I invite you to reflect on them along with me. I hope to try and answer these questions by the end of the series, but it could be that just new ones arise or none of them are answered at all. If you believe you have an answer, reach out to me. Let's talk about it. Here are some of the questions that I will leave for you to consider, ones that I haven't answered for myself, and I've been in this process for a few weeks now. They're big questions, and to provide an answer means that we've actually really thought about this, and I'll be honest, some of these questions I'm asking I've never thought about before. So number one, what does a civilized society look like, and who decides what is and is not civilized? Does that change from community to community? Does our culture impact that? If we do not exercise our rights, will we lose them? This is a great question for all of us to ask about all of our rights and about all of the rights that we demand to be protected. The question is a deep one. If I don't exercise my rights, if I don't take notice of what my rights are and do something about them, will they be taken from me? The follow-up question to that is, if I have a right to do something, does that mean I ought to? Another question I have is, what are shared values and who determines what is valuable? There's a lot of talk within many tribes and communities about the idea of shared values, like-minded beliefs, and sometimes I get a little worried about a groupthink narrative taking over. Sometimes I get a little concerned with the idea that 
We need to be more concerned about what the collective majority wants versus what the individual wants. And so that's a question that I'm kind of stuck on. And finally, can we agree to disagree and can we do so without stipulations or ultimatums? I know the community of Olivia and Renville County is familiar with such a phrase and I ask you to just let it marinate. Think about it. Is there a way that we can learn how to agree to disagree without it making us feel like we have to hate someone or judge them or separate ourselves from them? Listeners, as always, I ask you to compassionately consider the perspective of the city of Olivia. Enjoy the episode. I'm sure you all saw my email that I uh, attached to uh, Aaron's suggestion. Um, uh, I'm. This is in six years. This is the number one phone call issue I have got in six years, uh, and uh, I feel that um, uh, it is a big enough deal. Uh, that we need to do something about it, uh, one way or another. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm quite aware of free speech and all that, but let me tell you folks, uh, you know, uh, we're in one of the uh, one of the worst spots this country's been in in my lifetime. Um, and um, things have to change, uh, you know, and... Uh, I, I don't think that the people of this uh, town have to uh, drive by and walk by uh, that kind of profanity, that kind of vulgar language. And um, I don't think, I know that our parents <laughs> uh, would, would never have stood for that for one hour, let alone three weeks. Uh, so I want to have a discussion on what we can do legally, and what we need to do publicly, because we need to say something about this. It's not all right. It's not okay. This is not who we are. And if we want to attract business, if we want to attract good people to come and live in our town, the last thing that you want is that kind of, of stuff. Uh, and it's, to me, it's a blighted building. Um, and it has just as much damage to our town and our reputation as a blighted building. So uh, I'm on a mission here, and I am not going to stop. Uh, and if I have to go out on my own <laughs> and say something publicly about this, I will. And people that know me know that I don't stop uh, when I know I'm right. And this is not right, and we need to fix it. So that's my soapbox. Thank you, Tom. Um, do we not have an ordinance against political science? Why do we? I just want to say this is not a political sign. 
I don't care whose name. I, I know, but if it falls under the ordinance, ordinance, it is. But this is about profanity, vulgarity. I mean, it's no different than I take off my clothes and stand out in my yard naked. You can't do that. As long as you're talking, <laughs> you're covered. But I, I don't, don't want to make this a political issue. I, I, I want to make this a a a, a, a profanity. Issue. I understand what you're. I, I understand what you're saying there, but what? But the profanity issue is where the main protection lies the political sign has a workaround is what i'm saying if we have an ordinance that you're not allowed to have political signs up beyond a certain point in time then any name with a political person anything with a political person's name on it is not allowed to be up whether it's whatever it is is it worded political signage or campaign signage I don't know, either one, it's politics or the campaign. They ran at one Well, point. I don't want to get in this discussion. I don't want to get in this political discussion. This is not about politics, not a thing about politics. Just imagine if I went home today and wrote the same thing on the front of my house, great big, huge letters, all right? Got nothing to do with any politician on the planet. I'm just mad at everybody, and I'm going to tell everybody this. Now, does everybody for the end of time, got to drive by 10th Street and go to the library and look across and go, oh, nice guy. Huh? Now, if I don't paint my house for 40 years, you'll come over there and jump all over me and make me paint my house, make me cut my grass, because it offends people that goes to the library. But I can put that in my house and offend more people, but yet we all stand around and go. Mm -hmm. And the kids are actually swearing on the bus and saying it. And... My six-year-old now knows how to spell it. Well, it's just not right. I just don't. I don't. I don't think Blanca's trying to get political with it. I think she's looking for an angle on a way we could yeah. require the removal. Yeah. Um, and I'm not in agreement with you, Tom. That you know this kind of thing shouldn't stand. Um, I, and I understand from a legal perspective, we we have to kind of we have to be delicate with it. Um. But I wouldn't be against just the council, you know, making a statement that we're completely against that kind of um, uh, speech. For the well, I would suggest that we get Senator Lang and Representative Miller in here. And if it isn't a law, by God, we're going to make one. I mean, no. th this kind of stuff's got to stop. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm sick and tired of 1% of uh, being so coddled. That, you know, that uh, there's nothing that, that the 99% can do about it. That's not this country. And, and like I said, you just think of what your parents would oh, would have done with this. Yeah, that would have been. There would have been four or five guys over there with chainsaws and would have cut it down three weeks ago. <clears throat> not that we're recommending that. No, 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 there should be no, no impulsivity in, in this kind of stuff beyond what's already been impulsive. You know, I, uh, I understand how you all feel. You know, I felt the same way too. I saw that, and uh, you know, I was, I was, I felt angry. And uh, you know, there's two of them, by the way. There's one now. Oh, one, now. one has been taken down. Oh, one's gone. So I understand how you feel. 
you know, I felt the same way when I first saw it. I was angry and, and uh, you know, very disappointing. Um, you know, uh, you know, I feel like you do that. That's not the statement. That's not a good representation of our values here and I in our community. Um, but what I found after, you know, working with uh, with the attorney and uh, and looking at some of the precedents out there, and also just kind of by examining the, the whole spirit of the First Amendment. Uh, I found that uh, that is, you know, protected speech. I mean, we can deny I, it all we I want. I don't believe it, and, I, and I'll, I'll never buy that. You don't believe that nope. making a political statement is protected speech? That's political. It's this. It's not the political. It's not the political. It's not political. Okay, pardon me. So you're saying that profanity is not protected? right but the law says that profanity is protected and that's why i'm trying to go around if there's a workaround on it because i do understand that it is protected i do not agree with well that we, sign we I, I know a lot of we can't have a strip club <laughs> we do you remember what we had to do in order to make sure we didn't get a strip club in this town oh you know everybody agrees boy we don't want one of those here <laughs> you know yeah. I mean, this isn't that hard, folks. I mean, I cannot believe that we as a as a society, as a civil society, can't fix this. I mean, uh, I just simply refuse to believe that. Um, and like I said, if we need to change our law, laws are just made by people like us. And if we need to change our law, we need to change the law. What if our law is unconstitutional, though? Then it's an illegal law. You know what I mean? Uh -huh. Then we need to well, amend the Constitution. You got it. I mean, look where we're at. Look where we're at today in this country because of, of allowancing, allowing people to behave like morons. All right? Now, how long are we going to do that? Now, oh, you know... What are we going to do with five, six, seven, eight, nine more of these signs? Because these kind of people seem to multiply. You know, do we really want that kind of a message out there? I mean, Absolutely no, we don't want that message out there. Well, then let's say something instead of ignoring it. Tom, if, if I may kind of interject my opinion here, it's... I agree, I don't like this sign any more than either of you two. It's obviously not something I personally represent for sure and not anything I'd ever like the town of Olivia to represent. Um, but as John is saying, he has the right to say it, which... You got the right to say it, but he ain't got the right to make all of us drive by and look at it. No way. I don't think he's making you drive by and look at it either, Tom. Just oh, to I can't drive by that street now. Oh, I didn't know that... that this, this is not on. going in a good direction. You guys need to stop. Say it seriously. Just to, it's there's nothing we can do about it. Just stop. It's not going in a good direction, and and attacking each other is not going to help the situation. You're actually going and doing exactly what people like that want you to do. So this issue needs to be dropped right now. If there's anything that we can figure it out, 
with anybody else, if there's another way to work around it, we have to, it is a right. It is a right. So whether we agree with it or not is besides the point. Just finish my statement. There may not be anything we can do as city council people, but I can say that there are some of us who have taken it upon ourselves in our capacities as citizens to address this. And that is, it's not the power that we might have sitting around a boardroom or in a council chamber, but it is still a power that we also have our own freedom of speech. And I recommend, and I know you will, just as much as I met you, use your own power of speech to try to persuade or try to counteract. That's your right as a private citizen, just as it is his right to display the sign he has. Well, and just to be clear, I don't know about John, but we don't agree with that sign. No, we don't agree with that sign. Like we don't agree with the swearing. You can yeah, put up, on that exam. you know, you can fly your flag and you can do whatever you want. That's your thing. But when, when my kid comes home knowing that word and being able to spell it at the age of six years old, and and there's children in those homes, if they don't respect their own children, they're not going to respect mine. It's that simple. Dan, you were going to say something? Uh, I think we, this is being, we're going to approach this three different ways and have been approaching this three different ways. One is the power of positive peer pressure or negative peer pressure. Is, uh, as I wrote early on, I think the, the, the easiest and best approach was to find people that had personal connections with these individuals and appeal at a, at a personal level with people they trust or at least know and, and can hopefully respect their their thoughts. And uh, you know, ultimately, uh, we got 50% compliance on that with those efforts, um, which uh, those people behind the scenes uh, need to be commended. I, I am aware of numerous folks, left, right, and center, that have, have had the conversations organizations that have jointly tried to reach out to, to encourage folks to, to take a different path. I think that's always at the, at the personal level, um, not the government solution uh, uh, level is, is always going to be the, the, the best, um, at least initially in, in addressing these kind of things. We, we have been trying to explore, and, and Aaron has, has turned himself inside out to try and uh, find whatever uh, tools in, in the toolbox that we can use to address it if we don't get the compliance and we feel that we need to act on it. But the third, third level is, is regardless of, of this particular knucklehead, for lack of a better term, um, decides not to uh, to go and take and make better choices. Is that we, as individuals, we uh, collective as an organization, we collective as as a community, need to then transcend this moment. That uh, it, it cannot just be that if if some some goofballs sign or flag or whatever 
if it stays up that we're all defeated uh, uh, and if we take it down we all win kind of a thing I think that that paradigm needs to be transcended a little bit and say all right is Landon and uh, you know duly mentioned um, we have our own freedom of speech both individually and collectively and so what I suggested to to the mayor and the mayor is exploring options and we're working on stuff behind the scenes is is to have a community collective stakeholder statement not just a you know a statement from the city council or the eda but churches and civic groups and businesses and and, and all of the uh, of the elements that make us us and say we're better than this that we make a statement saying okay even if this guy's uh, is exercising his his right as he sees it, and maybe we're hogtied uh, with with current case law or something, and we're frustrated with it, we are not going to allow one person's choices to redefine who we are as Olivia, as this area. That we are better than this, and we want to send a message that people that are driving through, people that are looking at buying a house people that are just starting families, people that are ending up in life. Everyone that sees this stuff knows that left, right, or center, black, brown, white, everything in between, uh, rich, poor, you name it, we're all going to stand on one unified voice that says we're better than this. This is not who we are. And, uh, we're going to reclaim our community and make sure that the world knows that this it, it, it's not right. We're not ignoring it. We may not be able to address it at this moment, but it, it need be we'll take out an ad and a paper and anybody that asks us about it, we give it to them and say, uh, here, we, that this, this is, that individual's choice, he made his choices, we've made our choices. Our choice is to stand united, whether in every every nation, tongue, and creed uh, is going to stand together and say, we're going to defend, defend Olivia and its, and its higher standards, even if somebody else is trying to drag us down. We stand against that, and that's how we exercise our rights. Uh, it's not a complete victory big capital d but it is a it's a lowercase v victory that says no um we stand against this idiocy and uh and and we can we are better than this it's not that we can be better than this we are better than this and don't don't let the actions of one or a handful uh sully the good name uh and character of a community that's that's existed for 150 years uh, on the basis of, of being a uh, small p progressive town. We haven't stopped being that. It's because every, every town's got knuckleheads. So. Um, and I would I would be fine with a statement from us stating those facts that we're not doing anything about this. Because legally, we can't do anything about this. Just exactly what, what you know. Because people are calling me. Yeah, to know they're calling me too. Why we're not doing something about this? Yeah. And by not doing something about it, and not saying something about it, 
it gives them the impression that we're fine with it. And we're not fine with it. We need to let people know. And then this guy becomes a pariah. Yeah. And there we are. But also giving him more attention probably doesn't help the situation. Absolutely. That's so, why you just step around it. Okay. Um, can we all agree that we can come up with some kind of published proclamation? Proclamation. Tom, one I thing. Good with that. First of all, I, I want to, uh, in front of everybody here and everybody at home, I want to apologize and uh, just let you know I regret getting emotionally involved in, in uh, argument with you. Well, um, I'm pretty argumentative. And uh, <laughs> I want to thank you for recognizing that. That's and, pretty easy. And I just don't now. want us to no? get oh. it in an area we don't need. Thank you. Um, so uh, if we can legally draft some sort of proclamation just uh just kind of helping um build this city uh value communication i guess um if, if whatever it takes dan's a pretty good wordsmith we can have something ready i mean i don't know i don't know if that's if we can come up with our best game right now i don't know if you would be content with with doing something at the next meeting what are you thinking you want to just write it now or or what oh i think the next meeting is fine okay I, I what i would suggest is you know for timeliness sake if you're comfortable with it, it Council can uh, give its consent to, to the mayor and myself to draft something. Obviously, we would send a final draft out for, you know, if you just absolutely hate it, you can send an email to me or, or to Christy and say, no, we need to change something. So we respect the open meeting law that we don't don't reply to all. But um, but I think we can craft something. I mean, the, the, the thought was is like the Qantas is meeting on Thursday. We'll have a similar thing on, presented to the Qantas Club, and we'll go to the churches, and, and we'll go to the other uh, entities, civic and otherwise, uh, clubs and groups, and see, you know, a coalition of the willing kind of a thing. Um, but it isn't political. That uh, no, and I understand that it's not. I, I and it's not. It's, it's not political for me either. I'm just looking at for a workaround, and and it isn't. It's just that but, work. But it, it, what I'm hearing is, uh, it's universal in this room that it, it, it's indecent. Something you know, in an ideal world, this would disappear because you would you would use your magic wand. To it would have been around. done by now. Right. Um, Nicely asked, and sure, I'll do and that. I, you know, hey, hey I, first first ten days dealing with the constitutional law issue. I was hoping to give you six months of just dealing with figuring out where the light switches are. So thank you, universe. You've conspired against the new council. But, It'll uh, make us stronger. We'll be all right. But hey, it's downhill from here at this point. We got the, the number one case law item in 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 the United States history uh, that you're dealing with. But uh, if, if you're okay with it, that's what I would suggest is just for timeliness sake to, to give the, the, the most flexibility to coordinate um, with other, other groups and individuals and businesses and the chamber and whatever else. Um, is if you're all right with it, to grant the mayor the authority uh, and for me to assist. Send suggestions, on, obviously. And then we'll, uh, we'll make sure that you guys get sort of a 
final look at it before we you know put it in the paper or send it out to wherever if you're all right with that that's kind of what we would do yep i'm good 100 that, uh, yep that, that's the least i would do can i report on something less controversial it's positive Lots of things stuck out to me, and I know that the intention was to address this as best as the people could with the capability and capacity of the information that they had and within their ruling authority. And so I'm not judging anybody within that meeting that you just heard, nor with anybody who are voicing concerns about this issue. As just a reminder, this is all about an individual who is displaying a sign on his property that says fuck Biden. Clear as day. Big four letters, F-U-C-K and Biden. Now he also has Trump flags and don't tread on me flag and an impeach Biden sign. Like I said, I, I spoke to this owner. His interview will be coming up in a couple of weeks and we address a lot of the concerns. Now the community has voiced concerns about what was how this issue was addressed at the city council meeting. But so some of the things that stood out to me that I noticed also stood out to other people was some of the choice words that were used, particularly those kinds of people. We don't want these kinds of people to multiply. We don't stand for that kind of speech. This doesn't represent our values. We don't agree with that sign or people like that. And we stand against this idiocy. Now that really stuck out to me. I wrote it down and I was like, okay, what is the idiocy that seems to be at play here that people just stand against? And for me, I was drawn to, is the idiocy the individual exercising his right? And do we want to consider that an idiotic action? Or maybe it's just the choice words that the sign owner has used, right? Fuck Biden. That's a very definitive, blunt, blatant, and offensive statement to many people. And so to address these concerns, there's obviously emotion tangled up in this, which is, I think, prevalent um, within the meeting. You know, this was many citizens are concerned about this and the trajectory of their community if this stands or if this is imitated, which it might happen because we are mimetic creatures after all. So for me, it was just choice words, words that I have learned along the years to try and avoid. Um, I remember when I was younger, my parents would even say, when you're talking about someone in a different group, don't refer to them as those people or people like them because it immediately creates a, a separate narrative and kind of creates the us versus them dichotomy before we even begin, you know, delving into what it is that we're talking about. And so I've always tried to be very mindful of that. And even just going through and, and, and grasping onto and understanding, you know, race within our within our community, racial issues, racial tensions, racial injustice. These are also some phrases that we, it's just it's just nice to avoid so that we're not creating a bias or a judgment when we're speaking about an individual. And for me, that's what stuck out 
it felt like they couldn't humanize the individual they were talking about. And that seems to be what many people also were reactive to. It felt like he wasn't a human being. It felt like they couldn't even recognize him as an individual. It was just those people. And in the last six or eight years, I would say, we've seen that one association is all it takes for us to identify someone that we want to disassociate ourselves from, that we want to separate ourselves from as one of those people. And the owner of the sign is a Trump supporter, a very loud vocal Trump supporter, and he leans toward the right side of the political spectrum. That doesn't make him a bad person. And so I think many community members feel that just by the use of this language, it felt like they were being attacked or that it was the community and the council that was standing against them because they identify with the sign owner or they identify with the sign owner's values and positions. Another thing that really stuck out to me was the assumption that we all have shared values. Now, this is a, a common uh, discussion in the upcoming interviews, and I'm not knocking or judging people who assume that people have shared values. I'm not saying that's not possible. We probably do have many, many of the same values as our neighbor, but I don't want to make assumptions about people that I don't know. And in getting to know my neighbors, I learned that, yes, we do have shared values, but Sometimes what we value is more significant than what another person values. And how do we offer tension for that and not have to hate a person? So these are the things that stood out to me about the meeting. Um, and, you know, the other thing that really stood out to me was the hearkening back to the way our parents would have handled things. And when I think about that, I, I think about how my parents brought me up to handle things. And it was never by force. And it was never by an exercise of power or authority. It was through kindness. It was through compassion. My mom used to tell me the best way to get back at someone was to kill them with kindness or to not give them any attention at all. And I think you'll notice that within the council meeting, that is suggested. And it could be an approach that many of the community members are taking. If you don't give attention to something, then it doesn't have to be this bothersome obstacle in your day-to-day life. So when I think back about that, I just want to be mindful of not hearkening back to days of the past because my grandparents handled things differently, but that was a culture and a society where segregation was legal and justified and deemed righteous and deemed as a right. And so I have a reverence for looking back at the past and trying to give birth to it in a new time to see if there's a new way we can do something. But I want to be mindful of not insisting that we go back to the way things were because I kind of like where things are now. I like the progress we have. I like the technology we have access to. So I don't want to handle things the way my parents did. And if I'm being honest, my parents aren't going to be the ones continuing on my community. It's going to be our children. And so we want to make sure that we're including the younger voices. And we want to make sure that we're including ideas that might be new or might not be as old or just might not be as further developed as we could do if, you know, we came together. One other thing is that I often 
try to stay away from the idea that we all need to have one voice. I think we all have different voices, and in fact, we all have different fingerprints. And so there is a distinct beauty to our uniqueness that I don't want to lose sight of. And I would just rather have many voices that try and sing in harmony. And so if that would be my hope for my community and for my world for that matter, it would be that we learn how to harmonize and not demand everybody sing at the same key at the same tone. In the next few weeks, I'll be releasing interviews that I have conducted with people from Olivia, community members, and including the sign owner. And I'll ask you time and time again to simply just be willing to listen to their story, to hear where they're coming from, and to compassionately consider their perspective. From there, I hope to just continue bringing you more conversations that can help and encourage you to interact with people in a different and erotic way so that we can ultimately keep connectivity.